Okay, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Lamet Aleph. Daf Lamet Aleph in Sochem. Uh, as again, we learned for a four shleimah for Tova Miriam Bastvora Mindel. <clears throat> Yesterday we had a machlokas. Well, first we had the Mishnah which said that if a guy lends money to a Jew and takes, uh, and uh, the security for the loan is chametz. Uh, so after, after Pesach is over, it's mutatit the chametz, because since it was a security, it was considered as if it was in the guy's possession. It was, it was the guy's chametz, and therefore you could eat after, after Pesach. And if the reverse is there, if the Jew lent money to a guy, and the guy gave him his chametz as a security, then after Pesach, the chametz is also as if it belonged to the Jew. That's what the Mishnah said. Now we're going to see, we mentioned already, the Mishnah said it's speaking about where he deposited, the person who borrowed the money deposited the uh, security with the creditor. He deposited it with the lender, with the creditor. That's what the Mishnah is speaking about. But then we brought down a machlokas in the Gemara between Abai and Rav, a famous machlokas. In a regular case, and we'll see, this is not talking about where he deposited the security with him. He just lent money. And he said, what's the security? Okay, I have a security. If I don't pay back, you'll take so and so, you'll take this and this. So Abaya says that it's considered as if it's collected already. It's considered as if it's in the creditor's <coughs> jurisdiction. It's in the creditor's rishus. That he owns it during that time. And Rubba says, no, 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 no. If the borrower cannot pay back the money, at that point, then the security then goes into the possession of the creditor, only at that point, Mikana Laba. That was a machlokas we brought down in general, Abai and Rava. Not talking about where the security was deposited with the creditor, just a general. He gave a security, says, if I don't pay you back, this is what I'm going to give you. When does the security belong to the creditor? At the very beginning. Of course, if he pays back the money, then the guy never gets the security. But if he doesn't pay back the money, when is it considered in the, in the uh, creditor's possession. Is it mafreya from the time of the loan or only later on? The Pashib shot is like Rava, that uh, it's only from the time for the guy who doesn't pay back, then you come and take the security. Abayas is a bigger chiddush. Abayas says it must be lemafreya. In other words, if, if, you, if you can't uh, pay it back, it goes to the, it goes to the uh, creditor lemafreya from the time of the original loan. That was the machlokas Abay and Rava. We're up to the 10th line or so on... Uh, Lamed Aleph, this is where we left off yesterday. Okay, Umi did Rava really say that it's only Mikanu Labo, that the security only goes into the possession of the creditor from the point at which the uh, the borrower uh, cannot pay back the money? At that point, where he, when he, so to speak, defaults on the loan, at that point it goes to the possession of <clears throat> now listen to this very complicated case. Reuven Reuven sold the field to Shimon. Okay. Now Reuven himself has creditors, right? Ba'achrayas. He sold it to him with the security. He says, "Look, I'm selling you this field. I know I have creditors too. If some, there's a prior lien on this field, if somebody comes and takes it away from you, I'll guarantee it. I guarantee it. In other words, I owe you the money. If the field gets taken away from you, I'm also your creditor." Okay, so he sold the field. Shimon didn't pay him cash, though. Shimon paid him. He signed the deal. You know, people like to make a deal, and they'll pay the cash later on. So he signed, a, uh, he signed a, a document saying, okay, I owe you the money. I owe you the money for the field. So what happened over here? Reuven gave the field, sold the field to Shimon. Shimon put no money down. 
and he gave he gave uh, he gave him an IOU. Uh, what do they call that? Like you know, like the owner took back the mortgage, you know, something like that. He gave him his own mortgage, so to speak, right? So it was a double whammy over here because number one, Ruvain told him, "I'm selling you the field with Achrayas." Meaning, I'll tell you right now that there's a prior lien on this field. I owe money also. If somebody comes in and takes away from you, I'll make it. I'll make good. And at the same time, Shimon owes money to Ruvain because Shimon didn't pay cash for it. So he gave him an IOU. So effectively, Ruvain, I mean, think about it, Ruvain is both a creditor and a borrower over here, right? He's a creditor and a borrower. He's a creditor because he lent him the money for the house, for the house. But he didn't really lend it to him. He, he just said, you know, okay, you owe me the money for the for the for the uh, field or whatever it was. Machar said he sold him a field. He's a creditor. On the other hand, he's also a borrower. Why? Because he owes. He has to make the field good to Shimon if the field gets taken away from him. Okay, so now Mace Reuben Reuben now dies. And now Reuben's credit. Reuben said. If the, I'm selling it to you for Achrayis, I'm selling to you, I'm guaranteeing if somebody takes away a field from you, I'm going to come, I'll, I'll make good. Now, somebody did take away the field. Ruvain's original creditor comes and takes away the field of Shimon and sees the field from Shimon. Now, what does Shimon do? The us is Shimon. Shimon says he's going to lose the field. So Shimon says, I'll tell you what, I owe the money for the field. I never really paid for it. I'll tell you what, Opaisa Bezuze. So he told the Balchov, I'll pay you for the field, right? I owe the money anyway. For the, I'll pay you for the field and leave me alone. Dino, listen to what the judge, what the Allah is. The din is, the Osu B'nai Ruvain, Ruvain's heirs, his children, his inheritors can come now. Barmelech, the Shimonite can say, listen, you owed my father, we have an IOU here that you owed my father cash, right? You owed our father cash. I'm not Mechuyiv, the Metaltlin is not Meshubit to the to the uh, Balchov, meaning, yes, our father had a creditor, but the creditor can't come and take cash. He can only come and take landed property, something what's called the Chasim Meshubadim, because that was around at the time that the father died. The cash wasn't here. Therefore, that wasn't Meshubad to the Balchov. Therefore, therefore, you know what we're going to do? We're going to come and take the land. Why? You took the land now by paying off the loan to Reuben's original, to our father's original creditor. Okay, you shouldn't have done that. That wasn't a wise move. Because you owe us the money. Let's say the field was $100,000. You owe us the money. We have a claim on you for the field. Oh, what are you saying? That my father was supposed to make good on it? Okay, fine. So, and he did make good. He, what, what happened? The field was taken away. But you decided to go up and pay for the field. To pay the creditor. Pay him off and keep the field. But we're entitled to the field. We're entitled. The money that you owe us. That's not Meshubah to the Balchov. The field was Meshubah to the Balchov. If the Balchov would have taken it, fine. Then he could have taken his field, and you owe us the money, right? You owe us the money. Ah, you say that what? He was supposed to make good on it, right? He took it away, but the father's not here anymore. You can't have a claim against him. All you owe us, you owe us money. You have an IOU, and you have to pay us. Well, I'm a robber. Why is what? the field, Ephraim, why the field is also Meshubah to Ruben, from Shimon? The field... The the field, right, right. So, well, Enochanam, exactly, but on the same, at the same token, right, Enochanam, the field is. So, he says, look, for so the why field. Why they take the uh, 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 No, so they're entitled, the children are entitled to say, you owe us the money now for it. You owe us the money for it. The field is saying, you owe us the money. Our father, yeah. our father had a, a, a said he's going to make good on it, but he's dead. He's dead. Now, what about, uh, so how do you, we, we, so we, we have nothing, we have no car to take away. All we have is an IOU. You owe us $100,000. You have to give us the cash. 
What did Rava say? Let's finish out the case. Rava said, If Shimon is wise, what will he do? Magbilara, he'll talk to give them, he'll talk to give them back the land, right? He'll talk to say, fine, I'll give you the land. I'll give you the land now. Now the land is mine. I paid for it. I'm giving you back the land. Okay, you're right. You're right. I'm giving you back the land. Why? Because uh, I owed your father the money. I don't have the money now, so I'm giving him the land in place of that. Baharu Govlin, then he can claim the land back from them. Why can he claim the land back from them? Because it was sold to him Bahraias, right? You have land now. The land is Meshubit. The father, the father was said that any, any landed property, I'm selling it to you. There's a prior lien. The land might be taken away. If it's taken away, I'll make good on you. Fine. So the land that he gave him, the land is still there, right? The land is obviously still there. He can give that back to the children for paying back the loan in terms of the IOU. And then he says, okay, fine. Now you owe me the land. Now, kids, you owe me the land. I'm out the money. I I, I paid for it already, so it's mine. And and uh, as far as so he paid the money to uh, to the creditor on should have paid it to the children right and then demanded back the land but he didn't do that the land he, is meshubah to Reuven's creditors the land is meshubah to Reuven's creditors correct the land is meshubah's creditors and what Shimon did was he paid him he paid them off he paid them off now he paid them off so he so the land is in his possession so the creditors are out of the picture now. What the children are coming to him and saying, now listen, you owe us money, you owe us the cash. There's an IOU, you owe us the cash. If Shimon is smart, he'll say, I don't have any cash now. Take the land. It's either land or cash. You take the land. Fine, the kids take the land. Now he says, now you have to give me the land because the land is Meshubah to me, right? In other words, there's no longer, the creditor's out of the picture. You, and you say, you're going to sell me the land with Achrayas, that if the land gets taken away, you're going to make good on it. So make good on it now. Here's the land. I'm taking it back. He could do that. That's what Rav said. Why? If children collected karka for the loan of their father, in other words, somebody owed their father money, and they collected karka in place of that, a Balchov can now, a Balchov that their father had, in other words, if their father was owed money and they collected land in lieu of that money, another creditor that was a creditor of the father can take it away from them. Why can they take it away from, why can he take it from them? In other words, the issue here is that we're asking on Rav because Rav is quoting Rav Nachman. The Balchov can collect from them. Now, why can the Balchov collect from them? Let me ask you something. Let's say your father died. And he owed a lot of money. Okay, he left, he left a lot of debts. There's nothing to pay back. You go one day and you buy some land from your money. You made your own money. You're, you have your own career. You made your own money and you bought some land. Can the creditors come and take your land away? Of course not. That's yours. It's nothing to do with your father. That's your own. Oh, but over here, what do we say? If you saw them collected karka that their father was owed, a balchov can come and take away that karka, that karka, that was con- that was owed to their father, which they only took after the father died. Now, if you say what that what, that a that a balchov, a creditor, when he collects it, it's considered collected from the time of the loan. I can understand why they can go collecting back from them. Why can a creditor collect it from these kids? The the the, the father never had didn't have this karka. This karka was uh, was was uh, was paid to the children to the to the, to the heirs in lieu of money that was owed to the father. But the father never had possession of that karka that the children now collected. Still, 
a, another creditor can come and take, a creditor of the father can come and take that land away. Why? The answer is, is because when the father made the original loan, which, which was not paid back to him during his lifetime, but that the children collected karka against that loan after he died, it's considered as if the karka was collected from the, by the father originally, because a balchov, a creditor, who is not paid back by the due date when the, when the, uh, when the borrower defaults on the loan, the, the security is considered in the possession of the lender, of the creditor, from the time of the loan, like Abaya said at the beginning of the Gemara. And that's why, that's why another creditor can come and take that land, because the land is considered to have been in the possession of the father when the father was alive, when he made him shalom. It's as if the father collected it while he was alive, because he really collected it from the time that, that he made the loan. But if you say it's only, it's only collected in from now on, the father's dead now. Why they can collect it? The, the, this land was never uh, in the possession of the father. It's as if Yasmi It's as if the Yisum themselves went out and bought karka. The Yisum now collected this karka. The father never had any possession of this karka. They collected this karka against a loan that was owed to the father. If they would, if they would acquire now assets, would they be, would those be, uh, would those be indebted to the Balchov now? They wouldn't be indebted to the Balchov. The children bought some karka of their own right now. Would that go to the father's, with the father's credit? Of course not. So Lachara Elamai must say that it's as if the father collected it when he was alive, when he raised the original loan. Is this so? This Lachara is a proof to Abaya against Rava. So and Rava himself said this. Rava himself was one of quarter of Nachman. So Gemara says no. Shiny awesome. The case is different over there. The Omer Lahu because the the, the Shimon can now tell the children right? Just like what. This loan is meshubit, the meshubit to the father, meaning the karka that I have or the money that I have is meshubit to your father because I have, I have an IOU. You have an IOU on me. Your father had an IOU that I owe him the money for the land, $100,000. It's also meshubit to your father's creditor. In other words, just like I am a, I am a, I am a borrower, I borrowed the money from your father to, pay, to buy this karka. And the karka, therefore, is meshubit to your father. It's also meshubit to your father's creditor. Midr of Nassan, from Nassan's famous dictum, the Tanya of Nassan Omer, Menayim Losha B'chavero Mona. If A owes money to B, B'chavero B'chavero, and B owes money to C, Shemasim Yisev Nassan, how do you know that you could take the money from A and give it to C? Tama Lomar, in the case where a person swore falsely about stealing, and then he was moted, it says, V'nassan Lasher Asham Lo. The Pusik says, and he has to give the money to who, the one who he's indebted to, the one who he's responsible to. And Rashi points out six lines from the bottom of the page. It doesn't say to the one who he borrowed it from, but it's the one who he's indebted to, meaning if A owes money to B and B owes money to C, effectively A owes money to C. And therefore, he says, A, so since A owes money to C, effectively over here, right? What's going on over here? I am both your father's borrower and he's his creditor. I borrowed money from him. That's the IOU that I gave your father in lieu of paying cash for the land. I'm not, on the other hand, I'm his creditor because he sold the land originally to me with Achrayas, that if it was taken away, he effectively gave me a, 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 an IOU, let's say, an IOU that I can come after his property. Therefore, therefore, the, the, therefore in this case, Shimon could tell the kids, listen, you can take the land back. You can take the land back, and now you owe it to me. Because not only do I owe you the land, but your father owes me the land. Therefore, this case is different. This is not a regular case of a regular Balchov 
who lent money to a borrower. And he said, uh, you know, and the borrower gave him a security. And what happens? When he defaults, when does the security go to the creditor? At the time of the default or then? Rubber says, no, it's only from the time of the default. That's unfairly how we hold. You want to say that it's the mafreya from this case? No, no. The reason over here is because over here, since I owed money to your father and your father owed money to me, it's like I am both A and C. A owes money to B and B owes money to C. So A, A pays C. That we see in the Pusik. I am both A and C, and therefore he can collect it. This case is different. What about our Mishnah, though? In the very, the but same Achmokas. I don't understand. Yeah. According to Rava, mm-hmm. in Kanul Habba, does that mean that any security I give on a loan, mm-hmm. I give my land as, as a loan, right. until there's default, I can go and sell it? That, 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 well, well, you can go and sell it, but there's still the, you, the other guy still has a lien on it. The prior lien Why? is still there Why? Uh, because be, no, them. because you gave it as a security, you gave it as a mortgage. When, when, as soon, at that point, once you gave it as a no, it's like no, it's like it's like this. It's like this. You a standard case. A guy has a uh, <clears throat> has a mortgage on his house. The bank owns the bank has a mortgage on the house. Right? They have a mortgage. They don't really take, they don't own the house yet. They don't have to pay the gardener and fix it and do all that. They have a mortgage. At the point where you default, they then take possession of the house at that point. Now, uh, that doesn't mean you can go and sell it. You can't go sell. They still have a prior lien. They have a first lien. You can go sell it. This guy you sell to will have a second lien on it. That's all. If you, if you go sell it and the bank wants to take it back, the bank has a prior lien on it. Tanan, our Mishnah. What about our Mishnah? Do we see a proof from our Mishnah? The case of Pesach. Tanan. That's our Mishnah, right? Uh, Goy lent money to a Jew, right? And the Jew gave him a security. What was the security? Chometz. You can have enough from it. Now, why could you have enough from it? Apparently because the guy owns it right away. If we say, he goes to Lema in other words, he doesn't pay back the loan. And the, and the loan, let's say, gets, uh, he defaults on it after Pesach, right? So what, where was the Chometz during Pesach? If you say that it belonged to the guy all along, Lemafreya, the guy had it all along, that's why the mission says, but if you say he only collects it heretofore, going forward, from this point on, the guy owns it. So who owned the Chomets during Pesach? The Jew. Why is it Mutter Bahano? So it shouldn't be Mutter the Jew owned the Pesach. It's Chomets Shalom Pesach, which we said is also at least Rabbonan. The end, right? It was in Shus of the Jew, so it should be also Bahano. So the Gemara says, our mission is speaking about a different case. Hachamai Skinam. Michael, what's the word? Sheher Hinu Etzlo, right? When it was deposited. Michael pointed, this is a very strange, this word is not found too much in Shas, right? Sheher Hinu Etzlo. It's found, it, this case, our mission is speaking about where he deposited. There's two things. Abai and Robert talk about a regular case. He gave a security. You didn't, you didn't give him the deed. You didn't, he didn't own the, uh, you didn't deposit the Chomets in the guy's house. Our mission is speaking about where he gave the Chomets to the guy's house. When the guy lent him the money, he put the chametz in the guy's house, and vice versa. When the Jew lent him the money, he put the chametz put it in his house. He deposited with him. When he deposited with him, that's different. That's like he that's like he owns it already. But Abai and Rabbi speaking, where he didn't deposit with him. Okay, okay, wait. So let's say we're not done yet. So maybe this Shiloh of what of. The Mafreya Hugova, the Machlokas Abai and Rav is really Machlokas Teram. Lemikatanoi. What's this? A Brisa, not our Mishnah. This is a Brisa. Yisrael Shalvanachem. So sounds like the same thing, right? A Yisrael, but the reverse. Yisrael, the first, second case is mentioned here first. A Yisrael lent money to a guy, and the guy gave him Chometz as a deposit. Lachar Pesach ain't over. Okay. After Pesach, he's not over. Why? Because you say the Chometz was in the uh, guy's Rishus. Woo. 
Ooh, ooh, not like our Mishnah, right? It says, Eina over. After Pesach and others, what happened here? A Yisrael lent money to the Goy. The Goy gave Chomets as his security. After Pesach, it's not considered as if it was the Jews. It was in the Goy's possession. Okay, Lachara, why? Because Mikano Laba, who go over, Lachar Pesach, Eina over, because it was the Goy's. It only gets it mikan The Jew doesn't get it until the guy, until the guy defaults. Mishumer Meir Amru. They said Meir over. He is over. He is over. In other words, you're over. It's as if it was in the Jew's possession. Sounds like my laba kamif. Marsav lemafreya gova. Reb Meir holds it's lemafreya. It was in the therefore it was in the Israel's possession during the until the guy defaulted. It was in the guy's possession. It was in the Jew's possession during Pesach. And it's also Barna. Umar Sav Mikan Labalgova. So Khar that's Machlok says Gemara Vitizbura. If you think that's Machlok is in this Braisa, look at the Seifa. The Seifa over there says in that Braisa, listen carefully. If a guy lends money to a Jew on the Khamit Lachar Pesach call everybody says it was the Jews during Pesach. What do you mean everybody says? It should depend on if the machlokas is lemafrei or gova. The cases should be reversed. Lemando merhasam ain't over. If you say in the first case where the Jew lent money to the goy, the Tanakama said that what you're not over after Pesach because it was the goy's possession. It's only mikanalba. So hacha over here. It should be the reverse. When a goy lent money to the Jew and the Jew gave put the chametz up as security. He should be over because it's considered only Mikan So during Pesach, belonged to the Jew. Lamanda Marasim over. Kondra Meir, who said in the first case where the Jew lent money to the guy, that it's what? He's over. Because why? Because Lamafreya. So ain't over. So in the case where the guy lent money to the Jew, he shouldn't be over because it should be belong to the guy. So if the Machlokas is dependent on do you say Lamafreya or Laba, the Machlokas should be the same in this ratio. And the ratio of the Sefer should be the same except reversed. Should be the same Machlokas. Why do you say in the Sefer if a guy lent money to the Jew after Pesach? It's body osir because the the chametz belonged to the Jew the whole Pesach. Why should that be? This vice is also speaking about where he deposited with him. In other words, the machlokas and by of is not dependent on this. Rubber will say it's only generally mikanal laba. If the security was not deposited with the creditor, it's only mikanal laba. Like we say in a regular, like I said before, and you when you def- default on your mortgage, when you default on your loan, at that point the bank or your creditor takes it over. Not not before that. Before that they have a lien, but they don't own it yet. Here also the mission speaking about Shiri Yitzchak. Well, okay, but if Shiri Yitzchak again, why shouldn't it belong to the person who was the creditor over here? For Kamifli, but Rav Yitzchak, the Machlokas is a different Machlokas of Yitzchak. What's that? I'm Rav Yitzchak. Menayin lebalchov shikar mashna famous Gemara. A balchov, if he has a if he has the possession in his hand, if he has the security, the pledge, the collateral, whatever you want to call it, when he has that in his possession, it belongs to him. It's considered as he has full. Uh, responsibility for. It's not like a Shomer Chinam who's only Chayiv on Pshia or a Shomer Sacher who's only Chayiv on Gnei Veda. No, he's told, he has full responsibility for it. He, it's as if he owns it. There it's talking about if you take a pledge from a poor person, you give it back to him at night so he can, if it's a, if it's a, bill, a pillow or a bed, whatever he needs to sleep on, uh, you should give it to him when he needs it, right? It, it says, and for you, that'll be Tzedakah. If it's not yours, why it's stuck? You can't give stuck with somebody else's money. If he doesn't own the mashkin, stuck him and I, why is it stuck? So you see the balchov owns the mashkin. Okay, so what? So, and over here, it, it was in the guy's possession in our b'risa. So what's the machlokas in our, in our b'risa? That's only a Jew, a Jew from another Jew, you own the mashkin. If a, if a Jew gives you a mashkin, you own it. Right. But the Yisrael from a guy, he, a Yisrael from a guy, 
is not Tona. So therefore, the Tanakhama says, Yisrael Shehilva Nachri Al Chemso, La'achara Pesach ain't over. Why? Because it was considered the guys the whole time. You don't own his possession. Even if he gave it to you in your hand, you don't own it. The Mashkin says, only L'chatzi Yitzhak a Jew from a Jew, but not from a God. Yisrael Menachi Lokani. Rameyer Savano, Kavachomer. If you own a God, if you own your fellow Jews, Mashkin, out of a God, you could certainly own it. Kavachomer, Yisrael Menachi Lokani, Yisrael Menachi Lokoshkin. That's the Machlokis and the Reisha. When the Yisrael lent money to the guy, the Tanakhama says after Pesach, even though you go left, you have to do the deposit, the the chametz. It's not usher. You know why? Because it was the guys. You don't own the guys. Rameir says the opposite. You own the guys. Avol nachri shil by chemso nesefa. When a nachri lent money to the Jew and the Jew left him the chametz, achar pesach to be a kol over over. Why? Hasam vade nachri misrael lokani. There we say vade the the nachri does not own the guys mashkin. Even though he deposited with him, it still belongs to the Jew. But wait a minute. So what about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah said it depends who makes the loan. If the if the guy if the guy lent money to the Jew. Then the chametz is mutter after Pesach because it was in the guy's possession. If the Jew lent money to the guy and he gave him a chametz, it's also after Pesach. What about our Mishnah? Tanan, our Mishnah. Here we say after Pesach, right? It was considered belonging to the guy. Fine, we understand that he deposited with him. But you just said according to the Brisa, when Nachri does not acquire the Jews' mashkin, it's not his, and therefore it was the Jews, so it should be also after Pesach too. So now we're saying like this. Abai and Rava are talking about a regular case where you didn't deposit it with him. In general, like a regular uh, mashkin, like call it a mashkanta of a, of a, of a house, where the uh, bank doesn't really have possession of your, uh, of your house or your property. That's Abai and Rava. Our mission and the Bryce are both speaking about Chair Hino Esling. We need to deposit it with him. Deposit it with him. Okay, but in, but we do see a difference if you deposit with a guy or not. In our missions, if you deposit with a guy, it's considered the guys. And in the Bryce, we said it's not. That's what he said. If he said me'achshav, when he told the the uh, the Jew, when when the Jew who gave him the deposit of the chametz told the guy who lent him the money, I'm giving. If if I don't pay you back, it's yours from right now. That's what our mission is speaking of me'achshav. me'achshav. In the Bryce, speaking, he didn't say me'achshav. Right, and when he didn't say me'achshav, then the guy doesn't acquire the Jews mashkin, and therefore. Even though the Jew gave him the chametz, he gave him his chametz, and if I don't pay you back, you'll take the chametz. Only when? Later on, not now. And our mission is speaking about both where he deposited with him, and he said, I don't know the difference whether he said achshav or not. The Tanya, we learned this throughout Shas, but how do you know in this case it's like that? The Tanya, a guy gave some uh, big loaves of bread. It's lav dafka, big loaves, but over there it's speaking about he gave him something substantial as a as a creditor. And so he was he he gave him some nachush here in pasborn eitz yisrael. Ainov, and as he deposited with him whatever it was for pasgdola fuyi betaner godol rashi says kain tanum shalom shatunum shalom ayitam. Now he gave him, he gave him as a, as a deposit over there for something. All right, uh, so he gave it to him as a mashkim. And he deposited that with a Jew over Pesach. Ain't over after Pesach. The Jew can have that chametz. He can eat that chametz. It's not chametz. Even though it was deposited with the Jew. But if he said, it's yours. If the guy said to him, it's yours. It's yours. Then over. What does that mean, it's yours? It's not yours. If I, I'm giving it to you as a mashkin. No. What does that mean? Why is the ratio? We said that, that you're not over. If, he, if the guy told the Jew, 
that's yours, then he's over. Why is that? There is, what's the difference? It gets yours. What does that mean? She says right before the lines get wide, if I get does not mean me'achshav, he said, if I don't pay back the loan, you can keep the bread. So what's the difference? He said, he got ticha. What does that mean? He got ticha is me saying is, it's yours from right now. So if it's yours from right now, that's different. Then it belongs to the Jew and the Jew would be over. But in the case, so therefore in the Brisa, when the guy lent money to the Jew and the Jew gave him his, his chametz, so we said that the guy doesn't really own his, uh, and he didn't say me'achshav. But if he said me'achshav, then the guy owns it from right then, retroactively owns it from the time of the loan, and then it was the guy's during the whole Pesach, and therefore it's mutabano after Pesach. This is just a logical thing. You have a store that's owned by a Jew, and all the merchandise there is generally that of the Jew, because it's his store. And he has Gaisha workers, and they go in the Nachrim Goisha brings a work there, whoever they go in there all the time. Let's say you find some chametz after Pesach, You can't have it all. You have to assume it was it was a Jew's chametz. You don't know Rashi in the first line of the wide You assume that if you find something there, you don't say, Oh, the guy left his lunchbox there one day or it came out, it fell out of his lunchbox. You assume that it was from the uh, from the shop's uh, merchandise, and therefore you assume it was Chamesh Alva Pesach that the Jew, for some reason, neglected to get rid of, and therefore it's Asr Bahanov. Certainly you can't eat it. In other words, and according to the way we paskin, it's Asr Bahanov, and certainly Bahila. According because it was over and by your by like Reb Shimon, according to beauty over the Raisa Chanut Shal Nachri the other way around. It was a Goyish store Melai Shal Nachri Paul Yisrael Nachzasam and even though we had Jewish workers there, Chomet Shem Sarachar Pesach Muter Bachil Ben Sarachlama. There's certain because again we assume that the anything you find after Pesach belonged to the store and not to workers who came in and came out. This is a case we mentioned before. Chomet Shenafalav Mapolas. Let's say. A ruin fell, collapsed on uh, some chametz that you had. Already come over. It's as if it's been disposed of. In other words, you don't have to deal with it anymore, right? Because uh, that's it. It's 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 like it's like buried, uh, buried, burnt, uh, destroyed, etc. It's considered shrub. That's only if a uh, dog cannot. Uh, search for it. In other words, we'll see it was so deep in that a, that a dog couldn't couldn't reach it. But if a dog could reach it, you assume he might take it out, and therefore you have to make sure you get rid of it. Some say this is only drabana. At least you have to be vitlo Why? Because maybe the debris will be removed on Cholamo, even if so overall, then he's over. So in other words, better to be mavatol, so you at least you're out. There was a shali we had before, you know, is is uh, is tashbiso uh, enough with bitl or not? In any case, if you're mavatol and, and it's under the pile, you're okay. Tana kamachavisa, how far deep does it have to be? In other words, how big is the pile, the debris have to be that a dog can't reach it? How do you know if a dog's going to reach it? It's If it's at least three, if it's at least three tvachim of debris on top of it, you don't have to be concerned about it. We have a rule that money has no shmira elabakarka. In other words, if somebody uh, if somebody deposited money with you, and you're a shemachin, the guy says, "Listen, I'm going away. Can you watch the money for me?" And you left it in a drawer or uh, in, the, in the cupboard or someplace, and it was stolen from you. That's considered pshia. It's considered negligence because it only has to because you, you have to put it underground. Um, and, and 
So uh, that's otherwise it's not considered safe because uh, money is easily, uh, you know, is easily stolen. And that's the only way to do it. Uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein says that Bismana said that means in a bank. That's the only safe place today is in a bank. Otherwise, it's uh, anywhere. So the question is, me being in Shloshet Fachim, oh, love, does it also have to be three Fachim? You have to bury it underground. So does it also have to be three Fachim deep? And being in Shloshet over here, by the case of the dog, the dog's going to smell it. You can smell if it's three Fachim deep. There it simply should be, it should be covered up that the eye can't see it. The low boy shlosh, as long as it's underground, that's considered good enough. He said that from my papa said, said if it's a tefach, a tefach is good enough. If it's a tefach uh, deep in the ground, that's considered underground, right? But in the case of the uh, a food, a dog can smell it, and therefore he'll dig up after it and he'll search for it. So it's got to be at least three tefachim deep in order to be considered um, both for pesach to be considered mavuar. And, uh, and uh, also, if you, were, you know, if you were guarding some food for him, I guess, probably also, let's say somebody gave you some food to watch and you want to guard it, you shouldn't be considered a poche. It also has to be three tefachim underground. Because otherwise, the animals will get to it, so it's not considered guarded. Today, we have other things. If you put it in the freezer or whatever, it's also going to be guarded from the dog. Let's say you ate trumas chametz on Pesach. What does that mean? Truma, you're not allowed to eat. If you're a czar, you're not a, you're not a, 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 a coin. And if you eat truma, you're chayev to make good on it. You have to pay, like, it's like moil. You're chayev 125%. You have to pay that plus 20%, which means 25% malabar. And it's 20% malabar, which is 25% really. And as if you stole, if you ate a uh, dollar's worth, you got to pay back a dollar twenty-five of truma to the coin. And now when you ate it on Pesach, you're also chayev chametz. So that is even amazing. You were a shogeg on the truma. You didn't know it was truma when you ate it. So if you ate truma, shogeg, bepesach, meaning you were shogeg on the truma, even if you were amazed on the chametz, mishalem karen v'chomesh, you have to pay 125%. What's the chiddush here? Chametz isn't worth anything on Pesach. It's worth zero. It's also no. So why do you have to pay? We'll see. B'mezid, if you ate it, b'mezid, you knew it was truma, then potomit tashlum and demezid, you don't have to pay anything. Why? Because if you ate it b'mezid, the whole rule of paying 125% uh, paying that and the chomesh is only b'shogeg. Pasuk says it. Pasuk, the pasuk says specifically, if you ate it b'shogeg, right? Avil it says the chomesh b'shogeg. When you pay back twenty five percent extra, it says b'shgaga. So there you'll pay from. But if you ate it b'mezid, then there's no there's no chiyev of shgaga at all. What are you chayev for? You're like a goslin who stole something and you pay the regular value. But there is no value over here, and therefore because it's chomets, chomets is also pesach. You don't even have to pay to me because if it was if the truma was tame. So you can only use it for fuel, right? A coin could use it for fuel. So if you ate it or, or destroyed it, whatever you ate, not destroyed it, stam, but you had enough from it, you ate it or you drank it or you used it in some uh, way that you had enough from it, you have to pay back normally 125%. Even if it was, even if it was tummy, even if it was tummy. But over here, since over here, if you did it the mazid where there is no rule of 125%, it's only like you're a ganaf. But if you stole something that was worthless, it's like, you, let's say a, go, a Jew had some avodazara <laughs> and you stole it from him. You don't have to pay anything because it's asurbana, not worth anything. I'm sorry, you asked something? Yeah, and then why isn't it Kumlebun Rabbin Mine? Oh, very good. Good question. So, Michael's asking the other day, we said it's Kumlebun Rabbin Since you're Chayav Misa, in the first case, right? When you ate it, if you ate the Chomets Bemezid, you're Chayav Misa. That was Rabbi Chuyi Benakona. Back on Chav Testament Aleph on Sunday's Daf, we had 10 lines from the bottom of the page. He said, Kumlebun Rabbin In other words, the general idea is Kumlebun Rabbin only when you're Chayav Misa, Bidei Bezdin. Rabbi Chuyi says, No, even when you're 
Chai Misbe Shmai, there is some Makaris here. That's Rechunim Yonis Kodesh. Everybody else discounts it. The next opinion there, Rabbi Yosef from Rapponos Kodesh, he does not have Rechunim Yonis Kodesh. According to Rechunim Yonis Kodesh, you wouldn't be Chayiv to pay the money over here, the Peshal. You wouldn't have to pay the 125% because you're Chayiv Misa, Bidei Shemayim. That's on Rechunim Yonis Kodesh, not according to the Mishnah. All right, now, Tanan Hossam, we learn over there, Ochel Tuma. They were not talking about Pesach. Our mission is talking about Pesach. Here he says, Vye Truma Bishogeg, Meshalan Perin Vachomesh. That's the rule. Ye Truma Bishogeg. You didn't know it was Truma. Ye Bishogeg. You got to pay back the coin 125%. When you pay back 125%, that 125% becomes Truma itself, including the extra 25%. Echara Ochel, whether you ate, whether you Echara Shosu, whether you drank, because it says, it says over the Loshan of Ochel, right? What's the Loshan? The Pusik says, um, uh, where's the Lashon? I forget where the Pasuk is. The Pasuk is, quotes the Pasuk here somewhere. I don't see it. Um, I forget where the Lashon is. But I share, oh, it says Lashon of, of having enough from of Ochel. Right? It says there, or even if you use it to anoint it. Right? Because Kasicha is like Shtia. learned out of a Pasuk, a Pasuk right uh, in Tillam, that, uh, that anointing is like drinking. Uh, not though destroying. Here Rashi quotes the Pasuk. You have to eat it, meaning you have to have a knot. Let's say you took the truman and threw it into the ocean. There's no hana to you there. Then it's only stealing. So you stole it. You got to pay the karen. You don't have to pay the chomish. Rashi quotes That's what the pasuk. Rashi quotes it in the second line. If you eat. Right? So, therefore, whether you ate or you ate or had enough from Chumatmeya or Chumatora, Chumatmeya may not be worth as much, but it's worth as much for fuel. Once you pay that 125%, that's all Chuma. Let's say again you made a mistake and you ate this all thing, uh, uh, this whole thing, uh, you ate the whole thing, Bishoge. Uh, so now you have to pay 125%, you have to have of the 125%. So as you keep going, that's how Rashi learns that you're paying, you keep paying on that. You pay 25% on that too. And that goes on and on and on if you kept making a mistake, but, uh, uh, ate, ate the truma. All right, that's talking about regular truma. We're going to get to the Shiloh tomorrow. When you pay, do you pay according to the measure, the amount of fruits that you ate, or do you pay by money? See, in our mission, we said, in the mission, said, but it's not worth anything. So he said, if you didn't have a mazer where you're a goslin, so you pay what it's worth, but it's not worth anything. So over here in our mission, though, isn't the chametz also, it's not worth anything on, on Pesach? So that's an indication that why, why are you paying that on 20 Pesach? Because you're not paying the value. You're paying the amount of produce that you that you ate b'shogeg that you were moeling, so to speak, you were moeling the truma because by when it comes to truma, you ate, you eat, you pay according to the if you did it b'shogeg, one hundred twenty five percent is based on the amount, not on the value because there is no value. It's asr b'hana. All right, we'll pick it up from here from the third line tomorrow. Iboilu, we continue the discussion about truma. Have a good day, everybody. Yeah,